0: Hi everyone, this is episode 2 of the Merchant of Magic podcast. Uh, I'm Dominic Reyes and I'm joined today with Ben Williams Hello, and Paul Knight. Hello, um, for, um, It's been a while since we did a, a podcast, I think it's been over a month now and um, we've had some good reactions from it. So thanks for everyone that's written in or posted about um, episode 1. Um, For this one, we've taken some feedback and some letters that we've received from listeners and from people that have posted on the magic blog, uh, blog blog.magicshop.co.uk. So we thought we'd answer a few questions. Yes. Right, so the first one is uh, Robert. Robert writes, "Um, I'd like to know the best way to get your name out and noticed. Websites or social media, etc.? Also, I'd like to hear your views on working restaurants, the best type of work, and how to approach them.
1: Cool. Brilliant. Okay. Where do we start with that? Uh, Robert, isn't it? Hello, Robert. Hello. This is, um, I can talk about restaurants, I can talk about that side of things, Um, when to approach a restaurant, how to get into a restaurant. Initially, you're probably thinking, I want to go in there when it's really busy and show off to everyone. That's probably the worst time to go in, I reckon, because. Um, but the staff won't have a chance to see you. What busy
0: times? Busy yeah, yeah, like Saturday night or.
1: Yeah, Friday evenings, um, even middle, middle of the week evenings, are normally busy at that time. So I'd say try and go in, just go in there and have a meal in the afternoon, on a Sunday or something like that, and then have a meal with somebody, start showing them some tricks, and then show some stuff to the bar staff. Do that and leave your details with them, impress them. And the odds are they will, if you do a good job of it, and you're good at your magic, they will say to their manager when he comes in later in the evening, "Let's say, this guy was in, he was really good. And then you go back um, a a later date, um, maybe about six-ish, seven-ish, just before their really busy period, when you know the manager's going to be around. Go in, um, go up to the bar staff, yeah. order a drink they'll say oh hi yeah you're the magic guy blah 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 and then and then you can break in that way and it's word of mouth essentially so that's on a staff.
0: second visit
1: yeah a second yeah. visit um i did that a couple of times and it worked because the manager's going to take the his staff's word for it that you're good um, i think
2: a, a good point as well would be when you are speaking to the staff maybe mention that you've already worked restaurants before because then you can say, oh, this is something that I do, and it immediately says that it's something that you do for work, mm. you know. and then that plants a seed to them, and they can, uh, they'll already be starting to think, oh, well, maybe we should tell the manager about this. If he's already doing it down the, down the road in, in a restaurant or something like that, mm.
1: then, uh, then maybe this could work for us as well. Yeah. Another thing is also, there's always loads of arguments about this, whether to perform when people are eating. Or not. Personally, I think no. I think you should. Yeah,
0: I agree. I, I don't perform when people are eating. Yeah. You're competing with food. It's not, you're not the primary reason they're there. You're an advert,
2: which yeah. hasn't been invited, aren't you? One of the things that is, when you're booked to do restaurants, is for those busy periods, it's not a great time to go and advertise yourself to people during a busy period, but when you're working and you're booked in a restaurant, During those busy periods, when the wait staff are really busy, they're trying to get the orders in and the food out, in between that moment of of when the order's placed and they're waiting for their food, that's when you should be performing because that's the dead time for the people on the
1: table. Ideally, you're there to make sure that the people forget how long they're waiting. Exactly. That's basically what you're there to do.
0: Now, when you are at a gig as well, I think it's really important. If you're doing a gig, you're doing um, perhaps a private (laughs) event at a restaurant. That's also the time to make sure that the head waiter uh, or the manager has your card, um, because they they're there watching. They're seeing how you're getting on and, yeah. and and how the groups are reacting. So always make sure you give the management a card.
2: Yeah, um, oh, as well, business cards on. to everyone. You know, if you for for any gig or for anything, if you're out and you're performing to somebody, always give a business card. There's no reason not to.
0: Yeah. Well, I, th- I think the key is, you know, um, if, you, if you're going to start looking for restaurants, there's, in any area, there's a ton of different restaurants and you need to decide what restaurant is going to be, what clients are going to be the right ones for you. Mm. Um, so you've got your TGI Fridays and or you've got your Indian restaurants or Chinese restaurants um, where there's quite a fast turnover of people and, and it's not a great, it's not a huge price per cover. Yeah. And then you've got the hotel restaurants and you've got the um, sort of French restaurants going upwards. Yeah. Um, and there's no reason why you can't contact all of them yeah. and pitch in a slightly different way. Um, so some, some magicians are going to be much more comfortable maybe working in a family restaurant.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and their tricks are geared for that. And, and um, So you, there's no reason why you can't go to a family restaurant every week. Um, and and every single week another restaurant, and you go around, and, and it's a numbers game as well, basically. If you have them in, you show them magic, and you introduce yourself, sooner or later you're going to come across a restaurant that, that is open to the idea of that entertainment.
1: One very quick point is, if you're doing restaurants, um, be prepared that you will see uh, regular faces each week, if you're doing it on a weekly basis, or even a monthly basis. You'll keep seeing the same people coming to their restaurant because it's their restaurant of choice um, which is great for you because it makes a name for you they'll be saying oh here's the guy who does the magic and they'll be bringing you friends each time yeah. but be prepared that that's a good opportunity to slot in the tricks that you've been learning but you haven't performed I think we're going to touch that a bit later on as well mm. um, but that's a great opportunity go back to them how you doing, nice to see you last week show them something new um, so that's a little Little thing there.
0: Yeah, cool. yeah, true. It, so, um, as far as getting gigs, as far as finding the restaurants and, and, uh, and approaching them, um, you you do quite a few restaurant gigs, don't you, Paul? Yeah. Yeah, and do you find that you get work coming off from that? Do you find it... what wh- yeah. Why do you do it? Do you do it because it's a stable, regular income coming in, you're doing a, like a residency? Yeah. Or, or are you mainly doing it to... to give your cards out to the guests to get more work and as a, as a marketing exercise? Both.
1: Both. One, I'm doing it because I enjoy it. Two, it's local. That's the beauty of if you work in a restaurant, you can, majority of people can find a restaurant on their doorstep. Yeah. Um, and yeah, at the same time, it does get your name out there. It does. I've I've had quite a few people ring up saying, Oh, hi, yeah, we saw you at so-and-so. We had a great time. And, um, yeah, yeah. So it's a bit of both really. It's not great payer restaurant work, to be honest, but but it's regular, and it's it's promotion at the end of the day, isn't it? You're getting paid to do it, so so you sort of view it like a basic, like a basic wage, yeah.
0: And then the gigs that come off it are you are your bonus, so you sort of yeah. bring your bring your income up, yeah. But you've got that as a as a level thing, so you know that your rent is covered and you know that yeah. you are going to eat, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then the, all the gigs that come off that, are, you know, a great it's, it's a springboard then yeah
1: definitely yeah,
0: definitely What about as well when um, one piece of advice I heard that um, when you first get a gig rather than going into a restaurant and um, and pitching and talking about price and trying to persuade the manager that, that this is the entertainment that they need, and okay, it's only going to cost them you know the, the the cost of a meal or the table of four or something like that for an evening, <coughs> it depends on what your fees are and what the venue is. Um, but you can suggest doing a free one, doing a, the first, well, why don't I Why don't I come on a Tuesday, I'll do a couple of hours of magic uh, for free of charge, and you can see what it's like, the, the, the regulars, games. the guests can see it, how the guests re- react to it, and then maybe we can, if you like it, we
2: can have a chat about taking it further then. Yeah, a good point with that. If you're going to do that, then when you perform to the people at the tables for free, make sure that you really hammer home to them that they should... Mention you to the management or to the staff, or, or just you know, tongue and cheek, just say you know if you could say how amazing I was, then uh, then that would help because then throughout that evening, when you perform for free, everyone that you perform to will go up to a member of staff and go, oh, that magician was great. You know, mm. obviously be great yourself. But,
0: uh, yeah, well that that applies to anything as well, Ben. It's like if you do a wedding. And yeah. at the end, of the guest, oh, that was fantastic! You can you can have a big smile and cheekily say, "Oh, brilliant!" Make sure you tell the guiding group. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, or tell the, or, uh, or the client at the end of an evening. Um, There's no oh, shade, shame. In that. Me, it'll really help me if you tell
2: tell my agent. Yeah, yeah, no shame in that at all. Yeah, so,
1: definitely.
2: It's a great thing to do because most people have the intention of doing that or think about doing that, but then won't end up doing it. But if you if you ask for it, then uh, you know the action. You know the action will be sort of impose on them if you like
0: yeah um, to, Robert to ask the, to answer the last the, the other part of your question you were talking about what's really good for getting your name out there and now one of the most important things you've got to do is build a website yeah uh, we did a survey I think there's a blog post on uh, on the magic blog uh, uh, certainly there is on our Facebook page uh, which is facebook.com merchant of magic um, that is a survey of where magicians get most of their inquiries in, and without a shadow of a doubt, that the number one was their their magician's website. Yeah, so yeah. you need to have a website. You need to have it professionally made.
1: Yeah,
2: don't don't try and make it yourself if you're no website bit designing yourself. You know, it's worth spending a little bit of money for the return that you'll get on it. So
0: yeah, if you want a good company that can make a decent um, magician's website, you might want to check out Monster Creations. Um, ad at monster creations he's made websites for loads of andy nyman has he yeah. done yeah. uh yeah. loads of them. if you look on yeah. monstercreations.com
2: you'll see his portfolio and uh very creative and yeah he's the sort of person that if you have a style a personal sort of style you want to come across over on the, you know have come across on the website he'll, he'll tailor that into it so
0: yeah it's good especially if you have a designer you can have really good designers um but they need to know as well if they know a bit about magic. Then that helps because they know what you know what click what buttons click basically mm-hmm. and you know that can really help you. Um, again, you perhaps want to start up on Twitter. Now, Twitter is a huge subject, and it's probably not it's too long for this podcast, yeah. um, so maybe we'll do a separate one. Uh, I know we're working with Sean Boone, uh, who is uh, a Twitter expert, marketing expert, and he's going to be putting together uh, a free. A course on twitter for magicians that we're just going to give you free um that's being built at the moment it's a video series um so we'll we'll put that on the blog so that you can uh, have a look at that that'll show you how to set up a presence on twitter uh, how to follow different hashtags for magicians um how to prom- promote yourself there again facebook
2: yeah all social networking uh, it's it's a great way um you know, some of our friends like D Christopher have had great success just by hammering their social network sites and and constantly plugging away at it. At, at the beginning, it might be a bit slow, but once you start to gain momentum, it's a bit like a snowball It starts off small, but you know, exponentially gets greater and greater uh, as you as you you know keep plugging away at it. So so don't get too disheartened if if you set up a, a fan page for for a month and and you know. You feel like it's not working. It will take you, you know, a fair amount of time to do it, but
1: uh, but keep on at it. It's it's definitely worth keeping on at it. So it's cheap as well, as well. That's that's the main thing, isn't it? It's this day and age. It's cheap. It's free. It's so why not use it? It's current as well. You know, (laughs) it's. I
0: think a, a lot of it as well with these is, is maybe set up a, uh, an actual fan page rather than using your yeah, own Facebook page set up to promote page. yourself. I know some magicians don't do that; they just post a lot, they'll, they'll friend everybody. <laughs> but then uh, you really want to keep it separate so that um, so you can list friends and you can list fans that are specifically interested in magic. Yeah, you're your marketing to your friends, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. No, and you don't want you know you have some friends that, that might post something to you on your page or something that you wouldn't want your business people to, to see or clients to see so, mm. so it's very important to keep it separate like that if that's the route that you're going down so
0: cool okay excellent so basically um, just to answer Robert's question uh, as far as getting your name out there first things first build a website have it professionally done learn about Twitter get a Twitter account and start up conversations rather than just um, broadcasting adverts out there all the time on Twitter uh, about local magician available not the way to go look at conversations that are happening around weddings or happening around uh, events and things like that join those conversations, be helpful yeah. and and start relationships that way rather than just using it as a broadcasting speaker um, uh, set up a Facebook page uh, all good things your website's going to be the biggest thing yeah. Um, but, again, social media, to some extent, works works great, but none of it beats actually going out to restaurants. Being seen.
1: Yeah, yeah. being seen, introducing yourself. Being liked and seen, and um, that's basically the best way, isn't it, at the end of the day. Yeah. Everything else should happen in the background, but essentially you want to be seen doing it, don't you? Yeah.
0: yeah. Cool. I, the whole thing, you know, the internet, these mm-hmm. Twitter and social media and things like that, they're all avenues to get you to the point where you're introduced and they see you and they see the magic, yeah. but you can bypass all of that by going straight out there and performing. Yeah. When you're at a show, you, it's the best advert,
2: yeah.
0: much better than a website. Company. I get a lot of my
2: work through word of mouth, from yeah. people that have seen me, and, and then they either refer me to somebody else, or they book me for something else, and then, because mm. that's one of the great things about being a magician, is when you're performing, you're actually advertising yourself. Mm. You know, yeah, there's very yeah. few, few jobs or few uh, hobbies that that you can do that with. You know, you're you're actually just advertising yourself as you're doing
1: what what you want to be doing. There's not many questions for the for the customer, really, is there? If they see you doing it, the only questions they got is, are you available for this? How much will it cost? Yeah, that's basically all they. Everything else is on a plate for them. They know exactly what it is you're providing. So,
0: what do you think about the idea of building in a trick when you're performing? that um, ties in with a, a spectator visiting your website.
2: Yeah, anything anything like that is, is ideal. You know, there's tons of business card tricks as well that you can use, which obviously leave your, your business card uh, with, with some sort of reference to the magic that happened. But yeah, if you can tie any trick in uh, with a cool, you know, like a reference back to your website or
1: something like that, it's, it's ideal. Using business cards for predictions, people do it all the time, don't they? But yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or, or doing a, maybe
0: doing a prediction that has, uh, a, doing some part of the magic and then leaving them a card that goes to a page on your website where the revelation happens or another piece of magic mm, happens. Yeah. So a little video is played that shows a, a revolution, a, a revelation of some some information or yeah. something.
2: That's a great idea. Yeah. yeah, I have a like an interactive little video which is just a it's a simple trick that you can do through the website and that's a great thing because you can say oh you know um, visit my website and you can try this trick out mm. and, and you know it's it makes people go to the website if they've enjoyed themselves and uh, also
1: you're leaving them with um, that kind of <coughs> excuse me that kind of magic where the moment, normally you'd leave the venue and the magic's done every trick had a conclusion Whereas with that you're leaving them with magic that they go home with, they go, it goes home in their mind and it's still with them till they see the revelation. So it's going to hit harder than any other trick you do, really, isn't it? It's, yeah, you know. yeah. Good idea. Excellent. Okay,
0: Robert. Great question, and you know we could talk about that for for hours and hours and hours. So maybe we'll come back to it um, on another podcast because I really want to get on to another question and that is um one from Stuart Stuart writes the main thing I struggle with is getting time to practice I've got all sorts of tricks and illusions but I'm struggling to find the the time to actually get used to the handling and pattern of all the tricks that I buy okay Stuart great question that and we get asked it loads and loads um you know it's one of the things about magic is you buy a trick or you discover a trick, you start learning it, it's really fun discovering the secret, um, but then you've got to practice, Mm. and as soon as you do that, you have a little break, and you start looking again, browsing websites, reading books again, you find another trick, Mm. and you think, that's great as well, and you end up with tons of tricks, but no practice time, Uh, especially if you're busy, and we're all busy. Um, so guys what, what do you think well, any
1: advice for Stuart I don't think he's alone I think we're all guilty of that aren't we to a certain degree yeah. but um, the first thing I'd say personally from from my experience is the first thing you do is you've got too many tricks we all have have got too many things we're not learning and we want to learn them all at once so the first step is what am I going to learn this week that's what I would say to myself Right? I'm going to focus on just this trick but then you've got to find the time obviously hence question so, um, ooh, what would you do Ben There's, well, one of them is get up earlier. you could
2: always <laughs> get up a little bit earlier in the morning, obviously that doesn't suit everyone
0: <laughs> That's true because you only need you, you only need what ten minutes a day, yeah ten minutes a day every day uh, in fact, ten minutes is probably bigger than a longer time isn't it and, and everyone could set their alarm
2: ten minutes earlier yeah if you if you designate some time to doing something specific that's you know the best way to to spend your time efficiently because i know for certain when i go into my little room that i've got all my tricks in i end up sifting through everything and i don't i usually walk back out of that room not having done what i set off doing so it's very important just to stick to what you want to do so before you start to practice then actually set in your mind what you're going to practice and and stick to that because it's very easy to get sidetracked, so try and be as efficient with your time, obviously as possible.
0: Do you think you should actually create, write down a, a plan?
2: Yeah a, yeah, a schedule. Yeah, why not? There's there's no reason why not. If that's something which you're struggling with and and you really have a problem with that, then being efficient with the time that you have is is key, definitely. So uh, other other ways is also to find. Times in your day where you can multitask with something. For instance, uh, I commute down to Merchant Magic every day. So I have a good two hours in my car every day that I can sit and run through patter in my mind or, or just speak the patter out. It's, it's very good if you can talk it and and actually yeah. physically say the words because then it will register in your brain a lot better rather than
1: just thinking about it. Go back a step. i would say mornings. Personally, I think mornings are a great time to practice. Because I used to be in the habit of, I go home, I go to work, do my day's jobs, get home, look after little and get into bed. Right, now is my practice time. Well, by then, your enthusiasm and everything's not really as great as it should be. Because yeah. in the morning, if you do it first thing in the morning, while you're breakfast cooking or even before you've had your breakfast, that starts a pattern going of the enthusiasm for what you're learning.
2: Yeah, if and you're it's, more
1: likely to then halfway through the day during your lunch break. It's a down. quiet
0: time as well, isn't it? So yeah. you're not going to have people coming and asking you to do things. And yeah. um, Obviously, it d- depends on on you know y- your family and things like that, as far as everyone getting up and getting ready for work or getting children to school or yeah. um, whatever you have to do. But if you can set it just a little bit before that and let everybody know that that's your time, and you take 15 minutes or half an hour or something like that, and that's your quiet time before
1: the mayhem starts. This, pace, <laughs> this, this, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I actually used to. Um, I'd get up in the morning and I'd go and sort myself out in the bathroom. Then, out, out of the blue, I suddenly started taking longer in the bathroom, and I'd, <laughs> I'd be in there for an extra 10 minutes. I was just practicing some magic in the bathroom, but the door shut, and. You have a the mirror? There, I have a mirror, <laughs> no one can interrupt me. And that's where I found an extra 10 minutes every morning to crack on with it. So.
0: Well, sometimes as well, practice sessions are better if they're little and often. Yep. So you'll learn far more if you're doing little practice sessions regularly, even you know a few minutes yep. every now and then through the day, rather than saying, right, okay, Tuesday evening is my magic day. All that's going to do is turn into watching magic DVDs. Yeah. Um, or reading books or, or whatever you want to do in that free time. Yeah. Whereas if it, and that time, if it's a set evening, can, something else can always happen. You know, your friends say, do you want to go out? And suddenly it's pushed aside. Whereas if it's small little chunks, it doesn't matter what else is happening in that day. You've always got little moments where you can practice. So keeping like a deck of cards by the kettle. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when you go and make a cup of tea, we're all sat there watching the kettle boil. You could be Elmsley County, mm.
1: but or you could be running through, right.
0: yeah. You could be doing, um, especially as well, if you set up um, a practice drill, mm. so you're doing uh, a trick, um, you're going through the pattern, through the whole move, and you're doing that 20 times or five times, or you set up a drill that's only like a minute long, a minute long drill, well, you can do that three times while the kettle boils. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, before you know it, those little
2: units build up into a lot of practice. It's not so much good for, for patter and practicing your no. patter, but, um, well, no, for, what I tend to do a lot is when I'm practicing slides, is i do it when I'm watching TV. You know, if you're watching TV or, or, or watching a film, say you can sit there with a deck of cards and just practice your pass or, or something like that, and you can just do that. And it's good to also do that when you're doing something else. Because when you are a magician, when you're performing, you're doing other things whilst you're doing these slides. You don't want people looking at you when you're doing a slot. So it's it's healthy to learn to be doing something else whilst you're practicing as well. Mm. I know I first started learning coin magic. I would palm a coin and try and do things, for instance, like make a cup of tea with a coin and palm. Because then you're handling a teaspoon, you're handling a cup, you're doing loads of different things but you're still trying to retain the coin in part. Yeah, so. coin magic's great like
0: that, because yeah. you can walk around everywhere with a coin, yeah. and you can be practising, you know, putting it into placements or doing transfers, um, and and no one needs know. Um, when I was um, learning the coin mould, again, it's something that you can do. I was on the phone all day working on the magic shop, but you've got the, you've got the coin running in your fingers. Yeah. And you're, because you're not paying attention attention to it, like you said, when you're watching
2: TV... Mm-hmm. You, you you learn it much more as muscle memory. Exactly. Your your body is learning it, not your mind, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's
1: good. And um, No, good stuff, good stuff. Um, yeah, I suppose card magic's even a bit more difficult though, isn't it?
2: It can be. I mean, you can, can sit
1: there and practice your one-handed cuts and flourishes and all that kind of thing on the phone, but it gets a bit awkward. But then you've got a speakerphone nowadays, haven't you, as well? As I used to do, just straight on the speakerphone and I'd just be chatting away, going through a routine as I'm talking to them, you know, and that seemed to work. I don't get many phone calls now because it seemed a bit rude, I imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Also, as well, what you can do, to some extent,
0: if you're you're learning a slide um, or you're learning a particular card technique, there's no reason why you can't build in practice into your performing if you're doing gigs, if you're gigging, And there's a... You're doing an ambitious card, for example, and someone has to take a card. Try the classic force. Yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't matter if it goes wrong because it's not part of the trick anyway. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter which card they take. But if you classic force Mm -hmm. every single time you have somebody choose a card, um, you know, that's great practice. Yeah. Uh, And and especially because you're there actually live, so you're learning the feel and you're learning what you would say. Um, And... uh, And... uh, you can build it in that way. With regards to Just just to
2: point this out right now, Dominic is doing his coin roll. He's sat there <laughs> yeah, with, it is. with a podcast coin rolling. <laughs> so, you know, fit it in wherever you can. <laughs>
1: yeah. With reference to patter, um it depends on what kind of person you are, I think, actually, as well. I mean I I use a very loose script when I'm performing. Um but that's because I'm 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 comfortable Reacting to the people and saying things off the top of my head there and then, eventually that becomes patter over time yeah. because you know exactly what responses you're going to get. But then there are other people who need a script before they can go out and perform, um, you know, which is fine. But
2: I know personally, I have a baseline script for most of my routines, and I will use that, but feed off the other people as well. So. You know, if you're not getting much of a response, because some people, they don't give you much of a response. They feel a bit uncomfortable sometimes when you first approach them. Uh, So you might not get much feedback from them. So it's great to have a a pattern line or a script that you've written down that you can memorize just to fall back on. Uh, But then any time you get some feedback from somebody, it's great to go off on on a limb there as well.
1: Mm -hmm. So, you know, mix and match it. And that all boils down to the character again, doesn't it? That's when you start to discover your character, when you're actually out just doing it really at the end of the day. Yeah, so uh, great questions, Stuart. Thanks for
0: sending it in. Excellent. Um, if any of the listeners, if you have a question and you want us to muddle through it and give our opinion, <laughs> you can send it to us at support at magicshop.co.uk. Um, check out the blog as well, um, which is blog.magicshop.co.uk. Loads of posts on there. Um, I think we're posting daily at the moment. Lots of advice
2: as well, free ebooks, and there's free tricks as well, which you can download.
0: Yeah. A couple of articles that have gone on recently. We've got a really good one from um, mentalist D. Christopher. And uh, he talks about uh, uh, approaching people, introducing uh, an approach or an introduction to a trick, what to say, uh, which can add, rather than just saying, here's another trick or pick a card, how to say something that builds in a little bit of psychology into your magic. All of these things help
2: sculpt your your actual performing character as well.
0: Ben, you give some tips as well on our video podcast, short little video podcast about, um, what was it about? It was about uh, remembering people's names. (laughs) (laughs) It was about remembering. It was about memory, (laughs) yes. (laughs)
2: Yeah, no, just just simply remembering people's names, so there's a, a quick little snippet of of just some tips of how you can do that because that really does help as well
0: yep and paul you've
1: uh um, posted recently i did what was that about that was um i can't remember now um it's on there
0: oh, it was about uh, learning oh yeah it was about motivating yourself for the trick that you've learned but you've never got around to practice oh yes
1: yeah 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 that's right yeah um yeah have a look at that it's good good thinking in there i'm bound to say that <laughs> oh, very, very.
0: And there's a couple of free tricks as well to download. Um, Jamie Dawes has released Think Tank, um, and he's kindly given us one of the tricks to give you free of charge, so you can see what it's like. You can download that um, at the blog. And again, any questions, just uh, give us a call, or get in contact. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye.
1: Bye.